Alright, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Factory. Here's facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are enjoying your Saturday morning so far. I'm doing pretty good. This is my AEW Rampage review, so I want to let you guys know I will officially be talking about Tom Brady either um, either Monday or Tuesday. I might be talking about the Brooklyn Nets next week because there's a rumor that uh, James Harden might be going to the Philadelphia 76ers, and you know what I say? Good fucking riddance. You know, they've lost seven games in a row, the Nets. I'm completely frustrated. I didn't even watch the third quarter and fourth quarter last night. I was on my phone for the majority of the third quarter, and before the third quarter even ended, I turned it off. If you want to call me a fake fan, that's fine. They've lost seven games in a row. I've watched every game that they've lost right here in this seven-game losing streak. they got to wake the fuck up and fast. You know, do I think this team is still capable of going all the way? Right now, no. I would have to say no. I said one thing that's going to hold the Nets back is Steve Nash, and that's it. What sense of urgency have the Nets had on their losing streak? They've had none. After losing to the shitty Sacramento Kings, they've had no sense of urgency. Right there. They had no sense of urgency last night against Utah. They got destroyed. They got tossed around like Riley Reed at a party. Jesus Christ. Like, what the fuck? But whatever. We'll talk about the Nets another time, most likely next week. Or mostly during, like, the trade deadline. We definitely got to review the trade deadline. Definitely talk about that. But either Monday or Tuesday afternoon, we'll talk about Tom Brady, you know, retiring. It's a big story, obviously, I've been talked about. So it's coming. It's coming either Monday or Tuesday. Can't wait to talk about it. And of course, Super Bowl predictions, that'll come out. Uh, that'll come out next Friday. That'll come out next Friday. You know, I'm still thinking over. I'm, I'm thinking Bengals right now, but my decision could change. Most likely, I will be picking the Bengals, but we'll see. But that'll be next Friday. All right. So enough about that right there. Enough of rambling around a little bit. Let's talk about Rampage. It's Rampage. Good show. Good show. I enjoyed it. I do want to say one thing about Dynamite and what AEW needs to do for the future. Stop with the Brandy Road segments. I know I kind of like try to defend it in a way, saying Brandy really gets the heat from the crowd. You know, because they fucking hate her. And they made, and they fucking got Dan Lambert cheered. Which is like, are, are you kidding me? With his character? Seriously, he's getting cheered? Because apparently that segment lost over 100,000 viewers. That's bad. So I think Tony Khan needs to really step up to Brandy and say, listen, stop trying to be like Stephanie. These segments are horrible. They're cringy. Nobody wants to see them. Stay in the back or be Cody's manager. That's it, because you're not drawing anything good right You're drawing heat, but it's bad heat right here. It's not like when people are getting interested, like, oh, yeah, we're interested in Brandy. It's not like MJF level kind of heel, like, oh, yeah, we're interested for more. No, people don't want to see Brandy. It's go-away heat. And people are going to keep switching off the TV right there. So she, she, she either needs to take a backstage role or she needs to be a manager. Because people aren't going to mind if she, if she manages Cody or anybody else. Or she does a backstage role. You know, because she is a smart, bright woman. She is. She's a smart, bright woman. She absolutely is. She knows what she's doing. She's trying to get the heat, but it's the wrong kind of heat. Again, it's not that heat that wants you to come back for more. It's not that. It's bad. You know? They're going to keep losing viewership. They keep doing the segments. You can't go from Danielson and Moxley to that. You, You just simply can't do that. That's bad. It's a waste of time. And I have nothing against Dan Lambert and the men of the year. They've been fine. But Brandy, uh, just no. 
I mean, unless you want her and Cody to be that heel power couple, then that's fine. People will be interested in that. People want that. They don't want Brandy as her own separate heel and Cody's the baby face. Like, no. If they were the heel power couple, people will tune in. That's what people want. Not this whole, uh, I'm the baby face, she's the heel, this and that. Like, no. Just no. If they do that right there, which they should, I wish he would get over his own little ego and turn fucking heel already. Come on, Cody. Just turn heel. Please. Just just please turn heel already. Just do it. It's for the love of God. But now let's get into Rampage. The first match of the night it was a decent match. It was a pretty quick matchup right here. It was Adam Cole, Bebe versus Evil Uno. And apparently Evil Uno has a list of people he wanted to wrestle here in 2022. And Adam Cole was on that list. And, well, that's one down. There's a few others on that list as well. I think there's 12 others on that list. And decent matchup to start off. It was a decent matchup to start off. It was a very quick kind of match. It, was, it didn't go into the commercial break at all. We know Rampage, when they go into the commercial, their first commercial break's 90 seconds. So they didn't go into any commercial break at all. I think this match was like maybe like five or six minutes. It was a decent matchup, though. Like, I like Evil Uno, you know. I like when him and Grayson team up. I want to see him and Grayson really be a breakout tag team in 2022 because they're good as a tag team. Like, the Dark Order's kind of like, not like getting, they haven't gotten lost in the shuffle, but they've kind of been put to the side for a while. Like, we haven't really seen them on TV since the whole Danielson-Hangman feud. They've kind of, like, stepped aside a little bit. So hopefully they get back in the mix at some point. I know they've been wrestling more on Dark and Dark Elevation. You know, and Evil Uno and Stu Grayson had their shots. Or not, not them, I was sorry, wrong, wrong tag team. It was uh, Reynolds and Silver that had the tag team title shot against Jurassic Express not too long ago. So that was fine. But um, I want to see them, you know, get back on TV a little bit more. Especially get involved more with Hangman in a way. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to see them get lost, like, in the shuffle. Because they've been an entertaining, you know, group. They started off bad. But when Mr. Brody Lee came in, he fixed them. Like, he made them relevant. He made them relevant. You know, because they were nothing. Nobody cared about them until Mr. Brody Lee came in. And even I was kind of skeptical. I'm like, okay, can he save this group? He absolutely did. God bless him. But like I said, there's a decent matchup right here. I like the move where Evil Uno has, like, um, he puts his opponent's leg on the referee and then he does a neck breaker. That's a pretty cool move right there that I like. But no, it was a pretty short matchup. Evil Uno got his shit in on Adam Cole. And, you know, Adam Cole ended this match pretty quickly. Got the boom drop on Evil Uno, pinned him one, two, three, and that was it. A quick matchup. I was pretty surprised it was that fast. I was like, oh, okay. And you can tell Adam Cole right here, it's a different... It's a different shift in his character right now. Like you can see he's starting to get a little more serious. He looks very pissed off. You know, so I like the new character change. Because his character was kind of getting cringy a little bit. Like the feud with the best friends. And with Jurassic Express and Christian Cage, that feud was fine. But with the best friends, it's like... Uh... And the funny thing is, with the unsanctioned match he had with Orange Cassidy, it doesn't go against his win uh, loss record. So technically, he still is undefeated. He still is undefeated. So win for Cassidy, it means a lot for Cassidy, but it means nothing to Cole. It does nothing to Cole. It really doesn't. So Cole is still the number one ranked wrestler, because I almost forgot about that, because it, it didn't hurt Britt Baker's record when she lost to Thunder Rose at St. Patrick's Day Slam last year in the unsanctioned match. So, so Adam Cole will be just fine. And listen, 
that, that, like I said, the whole feud with best friends, it, it did get stupid after a while. Like, it was, I thought it was going to be like a mini kind of feud. Didn't think it was going to last a couple months, but it's, it looks like it's finally over. Thank fucking God. I mean, that's fine by me. I, I still think they should break up the best friends. If you want to have Rocky, Romero, and Trent team up again, you know, Repugnant Vice, you know, they could do something there. I don't know. I, I don't know. You could do something there. There's something you can do. But it's whatever. But after the match, Adam Cole grabbed the microphone, and he is vowing to become AEW World Champion. He says he doesn't care who it is, whether it's, you know, Hangman and Page or Lance Archer that, that walks out as World Champion in the Texas Deathmatch on Dynamite. He's going after the world title. I'm like, okay, so I thought it was going to be Kenny Omega. So it's like a spoiler right here. It's going to be Adam Cole. So Adam Cole is going to be next in line after this match between Hangman and... And Arch, so that kind of tells you that Kenny's not ready to come back yet. And I was thinking Miro. I think Miro might be banged up too. So when Miro comes back, hopefully he becomes a champion again. Whether it's TNT or, you know, if he actually gets the world title. Or even how they put the FTW title on him. That's fine. Give him back a belt, you know. I think Miro might be still banged up a little bit. I don't know if he's filming a movie. Something like that. Yeah, but I think, it might, I think it's his neck that's bothering him a little bit. So we'll see him back soon. But yeah, Adam Cole, kind of nice promo, said you're going to see a more serious Adam Cole, like a different Adam Cole right here. So I'm like, all right, that's fine by me. That's fine by me. I'm like, I'm thinking if they, it's going to be Hangman and Cole. Hangman's not dropping the belt to Orange on Dynamite. So you think to yourself, okay. You think to yourself, okay. What, what will happen in this match between Hangman and Cole? Do the Young Bucks get involved? And do they cost Adam Cole, which really makes Adam Cole and uh, Red Dragon leave the Super Click? That could happen. That could be the right move. That could be the right move right there. You could have the Young Bucks cost Adam Cole and they can accidentally super kick him instead of Hangman if the referee's distracted. Could always do something like that. Could always do something like that right there. You know, but that kind of makes Hangman look a little bit weak, so. He could do something there. You know, but hopefully, like, on that next Dynamite, Adam Cole and Red Dragon leave <clears throat> the Super Click. But we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens. But a decent matchup right there. We know Adam Cole is looking to become AEW World Champion. Most likely, it's going to be Hangman. Like, 99.9% chance he'll, it'll be Hangman and Page. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the match. Looking forward to the story, and especially the match. The match is going to be awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. So now we get to the next match right here for the TNT Championship. The TNT Champion, Sammy Guevara versus Private Party's Isaiah Cassidy. So there's a whole lot going on right here. Because we might see two groups split up right here. We know the Inner Circle, they might split up on Dynamite. They might split up on Dynamite. Because I got a feeling that Eddie Kingston's going to come out. And Santana Ortiz are going to betray the Inner Circle. And maybe at Revolution, it'll be a trios match. Like Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston versus Jericho, Hager, and Guevara. They could do that. They very much could do that, even though I'd rather see Eddie versus Jericho, in my opinion, because I want Guevara to defend the title at Revolution. But we'll see. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe they'll do it on a Dynamite, and then you could get Eddie and Jericho on pay-per-view. Could always do that. But we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens. Um, and I'm thinking the uh, A-H- the AHFO, 
We're definitely going to see some splits there as well. I think Private Party is going to go their own way, as they should. And then, like I said, I'm happy that they're on TV a lot more because they're underrated. They're underrated. And Isaiah Cassie had a really good performance in this match. Like, I really legit think if Private Party say they went their separate ways, like, by themselves, like, as singles competitors, they would do good because Mark Quinn's talented and so is Isaiah Cassidy. They're both talented in their own ways. They could have very successful single careers. But I do want to see them become AEW World Tag Team Champions before that happens. And I believe in the future they will. They definitely will. Listen, these guys were thrown in the fire right away in AEW. On the second Dynamite, they beat the Young Bucks in that tag team tournament. They beat the Young Bucks. Nobody expected that. That crowd in Boston didn't expect that at all. Everybody thought Young Bucks, Young Bucks, even including me, because I didn't know who Private Party was. When they beat the Young Bucks, I was like, holy shit. Like, the Young Bucks really just put them over? I mean, that's you got to respect about the Young Bucks, though. They did put themselves to the side for a whole year when the tag team titles came out. For a whole year, they didn't get involved. You know what I mean? So they, they could have stepped, stepped in right away and said, no, we're going to be first AEW World Tag Team Champions. They could have just taken over like that. But no, they waited. They waited for their chance. You know what I mean? They let everybody else get their shots. You know, SCU had the tag team titles. Then it was uh, the first tag team champions right there. Then it was Kenny and Hangman. Then it was FTR. And then it became the Young Bucks. So they waited their turn. They didn't get into it right away, which was good. Which was good. But no, I do like Private Party, though. And I, like I said, I'm happy they're getting on TV more because they should. They're very fucking talented. They don't deserve to be on Dark and Dark Elevation. Put them on Dynamite and Rampage. They should be wrestling weekly. They're good. They're fun to watch. I mean, they don't really scream, like, heel to me at all. They scream like like a babyface tag team to me. Because nothing about them is heelish. In my opinion. I don't see them as heels. I see them more as babyfaces. Maybe it's because they both have, you know, baby faces because they, they are very young. But they don't look like heels. You know what I mean? They don't look like heels at all. Like, guys in Team Taz, those are heels. Private Party? No, they're baby faces to me. And they should have just stayed as baby faces. You know? So I think they're going to split up from uh, the Andrade Hardy family office. And I, I, like, I, I'm still thinking Revolution, they're going to do Andrade versus Matt Hardy in like a battle for like um, the family office. Like whoever wins gets the company right there or whatever. So it can get Matt Hardy away for a little bit and then it brings in Jeff. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And like I said, like I said, I think people should be hyped up if they do Andrade versus Matt Hardy Revolution because last year Revolution... We saw Matt Hardy versus Hangman. What happened with Hangman later on in 2021? Became world champion. I'm not saying the same thing will happen for Andrade, but he might win a championship. Give him any championship. That's fine. Give him anything right there. The world title, TNT title, FTW. I keep on saying they should make the FTW world title, like, they should put it in the division. They should put it, like, it should be its own, like, separate division in a way. There's so much you could do with that title. Like, there is so much you can actually do with that title. But we'll see. With this match right between Sammy and uh, Isaiah Cassidy, it was good. It was a good matchup right here, you know. Great seeing Isaiah Cassidy wrestle uh, a singles match, which is rare. I think his last singles match on uh, television was against Jericho back in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Sorry, that was one of my wristbands. Sorry about that. Um, 
But no, and Guevara was selling, you know, the rib injury. I don't know if he has a legit broken rib, but <clears throat> he was selling it pretty good. Um, and I'm happy Sammy's champion again because they definitely wrote the wrong there because did Cody need to beat Sammy? No. He shouldn't have beat him at Holiday Bash Rampage. You know, in my opinion, no. But they put on a really good ladder match at a beach break. It was good they opened it. It would have been much better if they would kind of finish with that match. Just in my opinion, you know, I, and I get it. But, you know, when you have a ladder match, that really shouldn't open up the show. That should be the main event. Like the Texas Death Match. I mean, that's going to be the main event. No, that shouldn't open up Dynamite next week. Like, no, that, that needs to end the show. Like, I, I get Tony Khan trying to get the people invested right away, but keep getting people invested, with, you know, with, uh, with um, advertising the main event. You know what I mean? That's all I'm trying to say. Um, but, yeah, overall, this match between Guevara and, um, and Cassidy was good. One of my favorite matches of the night. Not my favorite, but one of my favorite matches of the night. The main event was definitely... My uh, favorite match of the night. But no, we did see, you know, Matt Hardy get involved like before the commercial break. Isaiah Cassidy distracted Aubrey Edwards. And then Mark Quinn, Mark Quinn tried to take out Sammy. That didn't work. And then Matt Hardy went on the ring apron and hit a side effect on Sammy. And I remember, like, the, uh, the backstage segment from Dynamite. Like, I thought Matt Hardy was going to challenge Sammy Guevara. I was like, uh, you, you want those two back in the ring again? And we've seen what happens when we, we, we have seen what happens when those two have gotten in the ring with each other. Uh, good things don't happen. Like uh, that, that whole feud, like I mentioned plenty of times, was snake bitten. Like that was just a bad feud. Why you okay? The storyline itself wasn't that bad. They really had to like call a lot of audibles in that storyline, which is never good, you know. But Jesus Christ, when Sammy threw the chair at Matt Hardy and actually busted him open, and then the whole thing from all out, you know, oh my God. But they wrote the wrong with, you know, at full gear. They had it, you know, be a cinematic match. So I was like, okay, it's the way to do it. It's the way to end the feud right here. And it was fine. It was funny. It was good. It was, it was fucking crazy, too. But it was good, nonetheless. But no, I mean, Isaiah Cassidy, he's making a name for himself. He really is. Because I think he's more talented than Mark. I'm not trying to separate the two. But, you know, if I wanted to... Um, really give a singles push to either one of those guys, I'd give it to Isaiah Cassidy. And that's nothing, that's nothing against Mark Quinn. I just see more in Isaiah Cassidy. That's just how it always, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's like that with tag teams. There's always the better wrestler, like with Edge and Christian. Who do you think they built around? They built around Edge, Matt and Jeff. They built around Jeff mostly. You know, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? I would build around Cassidy because he's a good young star, but so is Mark Quinn. So is Mark Quinn. And I'm not trying to knock Mark Quinn at all. He's a good wrestler as well. I'm just more of a fan of Isaiah Cassidy. You know what I mean? But overall, a really fun match. A really fun match here on Rampage for the TNT Championship. We did see... We did see Andrade El Idolo come out with assistant Jose, so they tried to not really cause a distraction. They just came out. He didn't get involved at all, Andrade, neither did Jose. They stayed away right there. They were at ringside, but they didn't like try to get involved, go on the ring apron, try to distract Aubrey Edwards and let the match go on. Um, I love when Sammy does the cutter from the top rope, like when he 
goes to top rope and does the cutter from the top rope on uh like when he goes right like when he when he walks like the tightrope almost in a way and he jumps from the top rope and hits the cutter on somebody, that's fucking awesome. Especially the cutter he did at Beach Break to Cody, I, I'm still not over it. I'm still not fucking over it. It was insane. And uh, then he was going for the GTH for a second time. I'm like, can he hit it this time? He had enough adrenaline. So he got him with the GTH. One, two, three. And Sammy Guevara retains the TNT Championship. But after the match, Matt Hardy and Andrade, they both got in the ring. And then it looked like Chris Jericho was going to come out there. <clears throat> Just in case of Andrade or Matt Hardy were trying to do something. But here came Darby Allen. Darby Allen came in the ring, and Andrade tried to shake his hand, and Darby Allen's like, nope, I'm on Sammy's side. And then right after Jose, Andrade, and Matt Hardy left the ring, Darby Allen was staring down Sammy, but he gave him like a sign of respect. You know, he patted both belts on him. So that's either a warning sign or a respect. So there could be a chance we might see a rematch, a revolution between Sammy and Darby. They did wrestle a revolution in 2020, you know, this time for the TNT Championship, it might happen. It might happen. Those two put on a pretty short match at Revolution two years ago, even though it was good, it was a short match. You get these two in the ring for 20 minutes, it'll be a classic match. You know, and Darby has never gotten his rematch yet. Ever since he lost to Miro back in May last year, he hasn't gotten his rematch. So it makes sense. Him and Sammy, two of the four pillars here in AEW, fine by me. That's perfectly fine by me. I'd be all for it. You know what I mean? I'd be down to see that. So now we get to the next match right here. And this wasn't my least favorite match of the night. My least favorite match of the night was actually Adam Cole versus Evil Uno. Because it was a short match. It wasn't a long match. It wasn't a long opener like some of the openers they've had on Rampage. You know, so that was like my least favorite match of the night. It was a decent match. It was like my least favorite. Um... But this match between Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa was Mercedes Martinez's first match here in AEW. It's about time we got the match with her and Rosa now. And the finish definitely surprised me. The finish definitely surprised me. But overall, it was a good match. Gonna see Mercedes Martinez wrestle for... I don't think I've ever seen her wrestle, like, ever, I believe. Because, I, like I said, I don't watch... Didn't watch NXT like that. Um... I know she was supposed to be part of uh, Retribution, but I think then she declined it, which rightfully so, because fuck that whole group right there, you know, because that was just a disaster to begin with, should have never happened, one of the worst things WWE has done in recent years, it was terrible, just bootleg type of shit they were doing there, it was terrible, you know, read the room too, what was going on in 2020, read the fucking room, you know, Jesus Christ, like, what the fuck, don't be tone deaf, don't be tone deaf. We watch the fucking news. We know what was going on. Don't be tone deaf. Don't think, oh, nobody will notice. Nobody will think that. Okay. Uh-huh. Whatever you say. But overall, her and Thunder Rose put on a good match. It was Thunder Rose's first match on TV since she wrestled Jade Cargill at uh, Dynamite uh, New Year's Smash. But like I said, this match was good, though, right here. Mercedes Martinez has got some talent. I mean, obviously she does. She's a veteran. She's won 14 championships in different promotions right here so she has a lot of old talent right here and she's money she definitely is money her promos have been good that she's cut on Thunder Rosa she's good in the ring too she's a veteran she's pretty good 
She's actually pretty good. Seeing her wrestle for like the first time ever, I was pretty impressed. I was like, oh wow, what have I missed? I've missed a whole lot, I guess, when you think about it. Definitely missed a, a whole lot right there. You know, I really like the uh, Death Valley driver from the top rope. That was a really cool spot. That was a really cool spot from the top rope that Martinez did on Thunder Rosa. That was pretty cool right there. Um, and yeah, then they were fighting outside the ring. And then, like I said, this finish like surprised me a little bit. Because Mercedes Martinez grabbed a lead pipe from the bottom, from the... She grabbed the uh, lead pipe from the ring right there, and she, boom, whacked Thunder Rosa right in the head. And I was like, holy shit. So Mercedes Martinez got disqualified. That's the second disqualification we've ever had in AEW. The second disqualification we've ever had. That's why I was so surprised. I was like, they did a disqualification? It's like, what the fuck? We don't see that in AEW at all. They always do their finishes. You know, we never seen a count out right there. Or a fucking disqualification. It's the second one we've seen. So it's pretty surprising. So Thunder Rosa gets the win. Mercedes Martinez loses her first match here in AEW. She didn't get pinned or submitted, though. That's the one thing. She didn't get pinned or submitted. You know, and we actually found out when she went backstage. That's basically what she was supposed to do. She was supposed to just take out Thunder Rosa. She necessarily didn't have to beat her. But she had to just take her out. But then here, here came AEW World Champ. Here came, here came the AEW Women's World Champion, Britt Baker, Doctor Britt Baker, DND with Rebel and Jamie Hader. And Britt Baker was kind of like tearing into Mercedes Martinez, saying, you know, oh, you just basically softened her up. You didn't really take her out. Yeah, I mean, you did take her out with a lead pipe, but she's not down and about. You know, you didn't finish the job. And even though Mark, Smart Mark Sterling may have gotten you that contract right there. Don't forget who signed that contract. So all along, Dr. Britt Baker has been behind that shit. So that's actually pretty interesting. It makes sense, though, too, to take out Thunder Rose because Dr. Britt Baker knows Thunder Rose is her biggest threat. So it almost shows you we're getting this match pretty soon. We're getting the rematch between Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And it's going to be Thunder Rosa's time to win the belt. And I'm ready for it. And listen, Dr. Britt Baker's had an amazing run as women's champion. She's been champion stub or nothing last year. It's time for Thunder Rosa. I think after Thunder Rosa, it should be Ruby Soho. Do that match at All Out or Full Gear. Actually, no, do it All Out because it makes sense because they were the two final women in the match in the Casino Women's Battle Royal at All Out, so it makes sense. And then Ruby can have her moment. So there you go. So we'll definitely see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens. Hopefully we, uh, hopefully we get to see it, though. But then, you know, Dr. Britt Baker said, you know, if you don't do your job right here, if you don't take out Thunder Rosa, or if uh, you let Thunder Rosa beat you again, then you'll last shorter here than you did your last job. I was like, oh, shit. Uh-oh. Here we go. And then we saw Jamie Hayter get in Mercedes Martinez's face. I'm like, ugh. And you still see the tension between Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. There's still a lot of tension there. Because it didn't look like Jamie Hayter and Rebel knew what Britt Baker was talking about. Like how she signed that contract for Mercedes Martinez to take out Thunder Rosa. So I'm like, oh. So that's something we didn't know right there. So there's still a lot of tension there. There's still a whole lot of tension. I love it. I absolutely fucking love it. But now we get to the main event of the evening here on Rampage. For the FTW World Championship, we have... 
The FTW World Champion, Absolute Ricky Starks versus Jay Lethal. So Jay Lethal's first match here on TV since uh, I think it was he was in the Dynamite Diamond Ring uh, Battle Royal back in December. So finally he's back on TV right here. His first singles match on TV since November when he wrestled uh, Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. And I gotta say, my favorite match here of the night was definitely my favorite match of the night. This main event was awesome. And Jay Lethal, he made Ricky Starks look really good. Because Ricky Starks still a young star. Jay Lethal's a big time star, obviously like in TNA, Ring of Honor. And, you know, part of me wanted Jay Lethal to win the FTW World title. But it wouldn't make sense in a way because the tension between Ricky and Jay Lethal has just started. If it was Ricky and Dante here on Rampage, oh, it makes sense for Dante to win. They've, they've been building that story since November. Jay Lethal just came in. But Jay Lethal really made Ricky Starks look really good. So I don't think people should be upset that Jay Lethal lost. You know what I mean? Because, um, as like I said, Ricky's a younger star. Ricky's a younger star. And this match was really good, though. Especially the finish right there. We'll definitely talk about the finish. The finish was awesome. And everybody's been buzzing about that. It was a really good finish to the match. Um, but overall, like I said, I was really impressed, you know, how Jay Lethal made Ricky Starks look that good. And it is good that Leo Rush isn't in the mix anymore. He's too much of a head case. Like, I'm sorry to say, when you're calling out your boss on Twitter, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but when you're calling out your boss on Twitter, that's not ideal. And believe me, Tony Khan was in the wrong, too, for what he said about Big Swall on Twitter. That should have been private. It should never happen. I'm sure if it didn't happen, probably Leo Rush would still be in AEW. His contract expires on Valentine's Day, so see you bye. But the shit he was saying on Twitter, I'll apologize. Like, okay, Leo, let's... You see, this is why no major company wants to deal with him. He's too much of a head case. So much talent. So much fucking talent. But he can't keep his mouth shut. He just can't keep his mouth shut. He'll probably wind up retiring again. And he'll come back. It's like, dude, make a fucking decision. What do you want to do? Do you want to wrestle or not? My best was to go out to him. I know he got hurt on P, uh, PWG. So I hope that he's okay. But you don't call out your boss on Twitter. You don't do that. That's not the way to go. You could have spoken to Tony Khan privately and said, Hey, I didn't like what you said there on Twitter. You shouldn't really call out Big Swole. I thought that was wrong. You know... You know, can you, like, can we talk, have more of an understanding in a way? Because I was a little bit offended by it. Which would be understandable. I'm sure, there's other, I'm sure there's other people in the company that were, you know, offended by it. I, absolutely, I'm sure. And that's fine. And that's fine. But you don't call out your boss on Twitter. It's not the way to go. It makes you look like a whiny bitch. I mean, he is a whiny bitch. So, there you go. I could see why a lot of the veterans don't like him. Or a lot of, not like, not like veterans, like the old time... You know, wrestling people really don't like him. It's what it is. He's a fucking great talent. He's a great talent. Like, I wanted him to become AEW World Champion. Because they could build such a great storyline with him. Because he is a small he's a small guy. But you could build such a great storyline. Like, how oh, he's a huge underdog and all of this. Like, you could build such a great story with him. But he digs his own grave every time. So he does it to himself. He has nobody else to blame but himself. It's what it is, though. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And it seemed like they worked everything out. It seemed like they worked everything out. But I, I guess I don't know if Leo's bullshitting right there because he said everything was fine. 
couple days later, I know it was like the next day or two days later, so everything was fine between him and Tony. He's looking forward to new beginnings in 2022, but now he's leaving. So, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, I guess things didn't work out well then. I guess things didn't work out. Either he just bullshitted right there, or maybe they had another argument. I don't know. But again, ladies and gentlemen, you're like, when you have a problem with your boss, talk to your boss in private. Say, hey, boss, you know, let's talk right here. If there's something that's really bothering you, talk. Don't go on social media and say, oh, my boss, this and that. It makes you look whiny and entitled. Because you think you can get away with it. No, you can't. Go up to your boss and say, hey, this is really bothering me. Can we do this? And if your boss isn't willing to do that, then you walk out. You get another job. You know what I mean? Unless if you're con- if you, um, contractually, you know, obligated to work there, like wrestling or, you know, whatever the fuck. But you find a way. You always have to find a way. If you have, like, a regular kind of job, like, say if you work at McDonald's. Let's use an example. Say you're working at McDonald's and your boss is really being a huge asshole. Say your boss is being a huge asshole, but you're working as hard as you can to make the boss happy, but your boss is still being an asshole. You don't go on Twitter... And be like, oh, my boss here at McDonald's is being a fucking asshole and everything. No, you be, you be a human being. You go up to your boss and say, hey, you know, I really feel like you're, you know, you're not treating me as well. You know, I do a great job around here. But don't bullshit. You actually have to be doing a good job. Don't say that you are, but you're not. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, could you, know, could you lighten up on me a little bit? Like, you always give me a hard time. This and that, like, is something I did? Can we work something out here? And if your boss is willing to listen to you and say, you know what, I have been giving you a hard time, I'm sorry, that won't happen, you do work hard, then everything's fine. But if your boss is still being an asshole, like, ah, go fuck yourself, get out of my office, then you know what you say, you know what, thank you, here's my two weeks notice, goodbye. And you go somewhere else. That's what you do, that's how you handle shit. You don't be erratic, you don't go on social media, you don't go like, ah, this and that, like, Nobody cares. Legit, nobody cares. The majority don't give a shit. They don't. It's just how it is. That's the real world for you. You handle it like a human being. You don't go on Twitter or anything else like, I I buy my keyboard and say a bunch of this shit. Like, no. It makes you look like a whiny bitch. So that's just... Welcome to my TED Talk. That's all I gotta say. That's my PSA right there. That's all I gotta say. You know, and I, I do wish him the best, though, Leo Rush. I absolutely do wish him the best because I do want to see him on TV doing what he does best because he's a damn good wrestler. He's a good entertainer. He's great. He entertains me because he's a damn good wrestler. And for a guy his size, he moves pretty good. He's quick. He's fucking fast. He's a damn good wrestler. Which is a real shame. He's just got too much of a big ego. It's just how it is. There's no place for that in any business right there. You can't have a big ego. You can't think you're above everybody else. I could do this and that. You know what I mean? It's just how it is. Again, I do wish him the best, though. Hopefully, he gets signed to a major company. Whether it's Impact Wrestling or he goes back to WWE or say he somehow comes back to AEW, which oh, I doubt that. It's not going to be third time's a charm. He could go back to WWE and he could go back to, or he could go to Impact Wrestling. Or maybe he'll go to Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor needs some talent out there. They're starting up back in April. They need some talent. But he's got to be willing to listen to people. He can't be just like, you know, spouting bullshit all over the place. He can't be doing that. 
You're not the owner. You want to start your own wrestling company? Be my guest. Go right ahead. Then you can boss everybody the fuck around. You can make yourself world champion. <laughs> there you go. Go do that then. See if I care. Jesus. But back to this match right between Ricky and uh, Jay Lethal. It was great to see Ricky back in the ring, though. We really haven't seen Ricky as much in the ring. I still think it's mostly due to like his, like his neck, and they're still trying to take it easy with him. Not trying. To, I think. I think um, in the next couple weeks we'll start to see him more on TV wrestling. As you know, it was a pretty bad neck injury. Like it didn't look bad, but it was bad. So it's good they're taking it easy with him, easing him in. Like all right, let's be careful. Let's not rush him into everything. And we did see Powerhouse Hobbs try to get involved in this match two times at first. He got in Jay Lethal's face, but then Jay Lethal walked away. And the second time, he was on the ring apron right there. And Jay Lethal took him down. He took him out right there. He didn't really do anything. And then he tried to fly at Powerhouse Hobbs, and Powerhouse Hobbs knocked him down. And out of nowhere, here comes Dante Martin, goes on the top rope, and boom, splashes right onto Powerhouse Hobbs and takes him out. And Dante Martin's hyping up Jay Lethal. Get back in the ring. Get back in the ring. You know, go finish him off. And then Jay Lethal took him out with a cutter. Then he tried to go with the lethal injection twice. The second time he tried to go for it. What a counter by Ricky Starks. He had the Rochambeau, his finisher on Jay Lethal. He was going for the lethal injection. What a counter. That was a really good counter. Everybody's been talking about it. Everybody loved that finish. That was a really good counter to lethal injection. One, two, three, and Ricky Starks retains the FTW World Championship. Great main event. Great counter, though. That was awesome. And like I said, don't be sad Jay Lethal lost because he made Ricky Starks look really good. Like, Ricky Starks is one of the bright future stars in this business. Not just in AEW, but in the wrestling business. Like, he could be a really, really big name in 10 years that everybody will be talking about. But he's got a lot of talent, Ricky Starks. Eventually, he's going to get in the TNT title mix again. And eventually, the world title mix. Because he hasn't been in the world title mix yet. He was in the TNT title mix. His first ever match in AEW was in the Open Challenge against Cody Rhodes for the TNT title. And I was impressed with him. I was like, I think I heard of Ricky Starks at that point. Like, I think I heard of him a little bit, but I never saw him wrestle to that match. I was like, oh, okay, this kid's good. Let's see what he can do going forward. Hopefully, AEW signs him. And they did. And him going with Team Taz is the best thing that he's done. And the pop that he got when he beat Brian Cage for the FTW World Title at Fighter Fest Night 1, like, the pop that he got right there was insane. It was crazy. Because I don't think many people expected it. But he's a great young star in this business. I think in the next 10 years, he'll be one of the biggest stars in this business. That's how I see it. But Jay Lethal made him look really good. So good job right there on both sides. It was a great main event. Overall, was it was a good show. Overall, it was a good show. I'm looking forward to the um, Rampage next week. We know Hook's going to face, uh, what's his name, Blake Lee. He's one of QT Marshall's top students. And we also have a tag team title match. Jurassic Express will be facing the Gun Club. So I'm like, all right, look at that match out of the way. I'm kind of wondering like who Jurassic Express is going to face in a long-term feud. Could be Red Dragon. I got a feeling it would either be Red Dragon or it could be the Lucha Bros. They might get their rematch because Ray Phoenix might be coming back sometime this month. So they might get their rematch. So we'll definitely see what happens there. Um, but we'll see. But also coming up on Dynamite, we got a lot of things coming up here on Dynamite. Only two matches, but there's a whole lot of things coming up. So, obviously, should be the main event for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. A Texas death match between the AEW World Heavyweight Champion Hangman and Page and the Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer. 
MJF will speak reflecting on his win against CM Punk back on Dynamite. The inner circle of the team meeting. This might be the last time we ever see the inner circle as a whole. It might be, but we'll see. And Tony Khan has a huge announcement, but I think this already was a huge announcement because Isaiah Cassidy will be... Because they announced um, Face of Revolution, a ladder... Excuse me. We know, it's gonna be, we know it's a ladder match, Face of Revolution match, but a Face of Revolution qualifying match for Dynamite. So it'll be Private Party's Isaiah Cassidy. It'll be Private Party's Isaiah Cassidy facing a free agent who's coming into AEW. And that free agent will sign that contract before the match. So they will officially be all elite. They officially will be all elite. And I think it might be Keith Lee. I think it might be Keith Lee versus Isaiah Cassidy. And Keith Lee will get in the face of Revolution ladder match. Because they, they have a huge right to wrong right here. They could definitely right the wrong with Keith Lee in AEW. Because apparently he's already signed. That's a rumor that he's signed. But we'll see what happens on Dynamite. Because like I said, they have a huge chance to right the wrong with Keith Lee. And what I mean by that is, this man was a double champion in NXT. He was the hottest star in NXT. Like When I, when I first saw Keith Lee, I think it was like, uh, when did he appear? Like 2017 or 2018 on NXT TakeOver? And I was like, this guy's a big guy. And I'm like, okay, let's see, what can, let's see what he can do. But he's a very athletic big guy. So... And I saw some of his matches, and I'm like, holy shit. Especially that one time where he bounced Adam Cole into the fucking crowd on NXT one night. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and when him and Roman went at it at Survivor Series 2019, where it was like SmackDown. Was it like SmackDown and Raw versus NXT? Something like, something like that right there. And it came down to Keith Lee and Roman. And they had a really good showdown right there. And Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre had a great match for the WWE title back in January of last year. But they really ruined Keith Lee on the main roster. Made him shave his beard and change his theme song. I was like, really? And I loved his theme song. And they fucking buried him. They gave him that whole Bearcat gimmick. They said it was Keith Lee's choice. But when he got released, said it wasn't his choice. It was WWE that came up with the gimmick. It wasn't him. So... We'll see, though, if it is Keith Lee against Isaiah Cassidy, if Keith Lee is truly all elite, AEW has a huge right to wrong right here. And they should. They really should. Like, I'm not saying Keith Lee needs to come in right away and become champion, but you know what? It wouldn't be a bad idea. Because this man is fucking talented. He's a sweetheart, too. I've heard he's a really nice guy, too. So he deserves a whole lot right here. Because he got fucking screwed. That's all I'm trying to say. But alright guys, that's all I gotta say right here. Hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. The next time we'll talk to you guys will either be on Monday or Tuesday to discuss Tom Brady retiring. And of course we'll review Dynamite on Thursday. Friday will be my Super Bowl predictions. And next Saturday, Rampage review. So alright guys, have a great rest of the weekend. I'll talk to you guys Monday and Tuesday. Love you guys, you're the best. Have a great day.